By all accounts, Dave Marr had a huge personality. He was constantly goofing around, living a big life in the city. He had an infectious laugh, one that was unmistakably his. Maybe you have heard his story. Dave had been working as a stand-up comedian in Chicago for most of his 20s when, at the age of 30, he fell into a coma. He'd had diabetes since he was a teenager, and it had spiraled out of control. His community was stunned. A week went by, and then another, and then another. The doctors told Dave's family that at that point there was very little hope for any kind of recovery. And they began engaging in the gut-wrenching work of deciding whether or not to remove him from life support. They decided that ultimately that was really the only option left, and his family told his friends when it would be happening. They even invited them to come to the hospital to say goodbye if they wanted to. But most of them opted to gather in one of their homes instead, to tell stories that night and to laugh and to carry on as they celebrated their friend. Late that evening, the modern form of eulogies began erupting. Post after post after post appeared on Dave's Facebook page. It was this landslide of appreciations, of memories, of gratitude for all that this person had brought to so many lives. What is the impact that we have? It's not something we generally get to know, not fully. We can wonder at it, try to orient our lives in the direction of good, but it is by and large guesswork. So often our lives can get taken up in the hustle, filled with all the things we need to do or try to be, racing to just get by. It can be difficult to pause, to back up, and to take stock of what is real. Today's psalm guides us back to these basics, grounding this day in the most fundamental truth of being human. It's a truth that we in modern America try generally to defy. One, we try to buy our way out of, shelter ourselves from, ignore. And still, it is true. 
We are finite. Our days are numbered. Like grass, the psalmist writes, like flowers. Just like those beauties that dry up in the sun and fade away. Our life is fleeting. A friend of mine who is also a priest, uh, he reflected on the practice of Ash Wednesday with me years ago. I remember him saying to me with, with a kind of sweet melancholy in his voice that telling people they're going to die is a strange way to say you love them. Telling people they're going to die is a strange way to say you love them. It's true, it is a strange thing to mark ourselves with ash in this way. And he was right. There is such holy love in our gathering together to be honest, to be real in naming that this is all we've got. Today, right now, this life. There is freedom in this psalm, this love poem to all that is ephemeral and to all that is lasting. Our time passes through the sieve, but God's love for us, God's forgiveness for us, the freedom God entrusts to us, all that remains. It is already promised, already given. How then will we live? The collection of eulogies on Dave Maher's Facebook page was, for the most part, what you might expect. A combination of gratitude and saddened shock and love. Countless people pointing to the ways that what he had done with his 30 years, that that had mattered. What wasn't typical at all was when the next week Dave himself began sending messages to some of these mourners and replying to their posts. Dave was not dead. It was a uh, a modern, an accidental twist on Tom Sawyer's antics. There had been a massive mix-up. Some legal red tape had prevented Dave's parents from removing life support even after the doctors had recommended it. And then they learned of a a hospital in Cincinnati that was better suited to care for him. And then a few days after being transferred there, Dave woke up. And upon waking, he discovered that all his friends believed he was dead. As Dave slowly recovered from his coma, he eventually read all those little eulogies that people had shared about him. Hundreds of messages, memories, 
jokes, appreciations, deep mourning, many things he hadn't remembered or that they had never told him before. He found it unsettling, sometimes even shocking, in that they had experienced him so differently from how he saw himself. Yes, he acknowledged, people tend to be kind in speaking of the dead, but this was different. They saw him. They had experienced him as a good person in some ways that were fundamentally surprising to him. Most of us don't have the chance to receive our friends' eulogies about us while we're still on this side of the veil. This absence, leaving us to guesswork, is part of why we gather today. Today of setting down our comfort in trading euphemisms in order to be tremendously fully, humbly mortal together. We don't need a near-death experience to wake up and change our course because we're choosing to engage that truth here, today, to wonder about what could be. We can ask those we love how our choices impact them. We can tell them how they've mattered to us. And that feedback, that that accountability, these help. They're necessary. They can move us in the right direction. And much of the truth is already available to us, waiting in the midst of this meditation on our own brevity. We remember that we are finite, that there is no guarantee on what time still remains for us. We remember that we are of the earth and we will return to it again before so very long. And there's more. We gather on this day to remember how God sees us fully, even in this fleeting moment of life. To remind each other that we are known and held and deeply understood. Known not for our missteps, though they matter, but for our essence, for our goodness, our saltiness and our light for what we can offer to this world. For Dave, coming face to face with death and coming to know his impact on the world, it changed him. He didn't have a flash of conversion. He seems like really a, a pretty regular guy. And if anything, he has more questions now than he had before. And this bizarre experience of being presumed dead has reoriented him in beautiful ways. 
he got sober. He's writing more, and with a kind of tender appreciation that seems new, uh, a compliment to his wicked sense of humor. He's not on a superhuman quest to save the world, but I think that Dave recognizes with, with new depth that how he lives does, in fact, matter. It matters a lot to a great many people. We are here to open ourselves up to similar work now and in the season of Lent stretching out before us. We gather up our courage to step into this day, into this night, into the chosen act of memento mori, of being traced with ash, marking where we have come from and where we are going. We embrace this ancient practice of freedom, rooted in remembering our death, that we might live well. And we face this truth together. We hold it close, we examine it with eyes wide open, naming together that this day, this life, right now, is all we've got. We can imagine how our lives might impact the world around us, for better, for worse, and then we can choose again. We can step out. We can try to turn once more towards God. We remember our death this day in order that we might really live.